My name's Ryan Reese, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Hans Driver. Steyer with scores! Fidel scores! Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hunt, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We are pumped to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Adam, how was your weekend? It was going pretty well until the uh, birds game. My, my Eagles lost to the lowly uh, Dolphins. So uh, I had a tough day, but, you know, we just got to win out and, and we'll make the playoffs. Easier said than done, but uh, I think we could do it. Yeah, no, uh, disappointing weekend for your birds. My birds, the Ravens, uh, <laughs> keep rolling. Yep, you know, absolutely. They pull out that, that gutsy win 2017 against the 49ers. Uh, Lamar just yeah. keeps doing Lamar things. Um, you know, he looks phenomenal out there. I know Lacrosse Cave put out a, a fun tweet asking who's the most comparable player to Lamar Jackson in the PLO. And, you know, I don't know if there really is anybody you can compare to the, his athleticism. Um, but, you know, I, I think Miles Jones was the one guy that, you know, we threw out there as comparable just with his speed and size and ability to, you know, really make defenders miss. You know, a guy that I, I think of when I think of obviously elusiveness. But uh, the ability and vision is Tom Schreiber. Um, he has the opportunity to pass on a dime, uh, go to cage, break ankles, do a lot of different things. Um, he, he's probably obviously not as fast as Lamar Jackson, um, but has the ability uh, to do those no-look pass that we've seen Lamar do over the season so far. And um, I'm excited to see what Lamar has going forward and see what Tommy does uh, in NLL going forward this season. Yeah, no, a good another good comparison. Uh, I don't think anyone's as fast as Lamar Jackson. Nope. But uh, yeah, no, it was great uh, seeing my my Ravens get the win. Uh, hopefully, they keep it rolling, get that top seed going into the playoffs. Um, yeah, enjoy watching them. Also, enjoy how many lacrosse uh, people tend to be Baltimore Ravens fans, just because since it proximity, is a hot day, guys like Kyle Hartzell and. And Beast from Philly, from Delco, where I am. So that's almost sacrilegious that he's a Ravens fan and not that's a Birds fan. Saying. So I know Grenley and somehow, you know, Springfield Delco guy uh, ends up a Ravens fan, but I'm not going to complain. I like him. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right, Adam, but uh, enough football talk. Let's dive into our quick stick for this week. Uh, the first piece of news we have comes out of the PLL. They have announced the rules for their expansion draft. And the 7th Lacrosse Club will draft a total of 18 players in that expansion draft. Um, they also announced some rules associated with that draft, including each team will have to submit a protected players list by January 13th. Uh, and that will include 11 protected players, which are one goalie and 10 positional players. So as we talked about a little bit earlier, that kind of you know throws a wrench in some of our initial strategies, like keeping two goalies and maybe letting all three goalies enter the expansion draft in the Chrome's case. Any player not protected by the existing lacrosse club will be entered into the pool of players that is eligible to be selected by the 7th Lacrosse Club in the expansion draft. And then following that draft, if a player is not picked up, they are able to be signed to the 25-man roster. And if they are not signed by that 25-man roster, then they will remain in the player pool. Some key exceptions to that are rookie holdouts like Pat Spencer, and then any active military member such as Matt Reese, Johnny Surdick, and Grayson Terrain, so all three of those guys would be safe for the chaos, which, you know, I think is a, a good point because just given their military schedules, they can't always make it to games, so it's kind of tough to, you know, dock a team that has members of the military on their team. And another key point is no more than four players can be selected from a single existent lacrosse club, 
So, you know, Whip Snake and Redwood fans don't have to worry about their teams getting raided uh, since they are two of the teams that have the most depth. And finally, we have the date for the expansion draft. It will occur on February 12, 2020. Our next piece of news has to do with the PLL coaching vacancies. Bear Davis has directly told me that he is not a candidate for any of those three openings. Uh, we both thought he would be a good candidate to helm one of those teams, whether it be the Atlas, Chrome, or the expansion franchise, but he has told me directly that he is not in the running for any of those coaching gigs. Next, Cody Jamison had a nice uh, appreciation post for the city of Rochester on his Instagram. Um, it kind of just hit him recently that you know this would be his first year uh, not in Rochester, you know, now that they're in Halifax. So uh, it was a nice post, uh, showed his appreciation to the Rochester faithful, um, and you know, a nice little sentiment on Instagram. And in some other social media news, Logan Shuss tweeted out that he was a fan of Nickelback. He tweeted out, I actually really enjoy Nickelback, which prompted John Grant Jr. to tweet right back at him, you're getting unfollowed until I get a word that you retract this statement. And immediately Logan Shuss tweeted back, I dislike Nickelback, in all caps. So that was some fun banter uh, between those two. And keeping with the John Grant Jr. news, uh, it has been announced that John Grant Jr. will return for the MLL's 20th season next year with the Outlaws. So that's some exciting news. Uh, he already demolished some record books, so he'll be able to add to his total next year. And we'll just enjoy, you know, watching greatness. But uh, that wraps up our quick stick. Now let's get into our fast break and recap the games from this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. All road teams got the victory in week one for the NLL as the Rush defeated the Mammoth 9-8. The Roughnecks defeated uh, Vancouver Warriors 12-7. And then on Saturday, the Swarm defeated the New Look Nighthawks 14-4. Yeah, no, so uh, pretty good games. Uh, you know, that, that Mammoth Rush game was obviously the best one of the weekend. Uh, Roughnecks... You know, not as close as the score indicated, and then the Swarm really beat up on the Nighthawks. So let's start there with the Swarm-Nighthawks game. Um, I mean, they, they just really whooped up on the, this Nighthawks team in their home debut. Uh, you know, definitely not what Rochester wanted coming out of the gate. Um, and, you know, the Swarm got hot early, and they never really looked back in their 14-4 win. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from this game, though, Adam? Yeah, you know, we talked when we were uh, in our preseason discussions about picking squads. Um, we talked about the netminders, right? The top teams in the league tend to have the top goaltenders, and it was definitely the case for the Swarm in Week 1 with Mike Poulin's record-setting day. He only allowed two goals on the night and finished with almost a 95% save average, uh, career high for the 15-year netminder. So Poulin had a fantastic uh, day in cage. And then Orlman was able to actually get some junk time uh, and made six saves on eight shots. And that four goals against uh, is actually the all-time Swarm record for fewest goals allowed by opponent in the game. Uh, so awesome job by Mike Poulin and Cage. Um, and it wasn't just him. That, that defense really stymied the new-look Nighthawks. Yeah, no, they, they really did. Uh, that defense gets, should get a lot of credit as yeah. well. Um, you know, the Nighthawks just they kind of looked complacent. Um, out there on offense, you know, I was expecting a, a guy like Holden Katoni, you know, to kind of come up big. He only had one assist on the day against his former team. Um, they just didn't have enough, you know, firepower on no. that offense. Again, they looked stagnant. Um, they didn't have an even strength goal until under seven minutes left in the game, you know. So that's kind of telling, too, of how, you know, they just really weren't able to generate anything. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's tough, too. The Swarm dominated 
in this one. The big players came out to play. You had Lyle and Miles Thompson, both with hat tricks, uh, you know, with seven and five points respectively. Shane Jackson also had a hat trick and finished with seven points, and Randy Stotts added three assists, including a beautiful behind-the-back feed to his partner in crime, Shane Jackson. So, you know, the big players came out to play uh, for the Swarm, and you knew they weren't really going to be able to stop that offense, but um, you thought maybe they'd at least be able to, you know, put up some points to kind of compete with them. I mean, for me, really, Craig Wendy was the only bright spot on this Nighthawks team, and even then, you know, he gave up 14 goals. You know, still not a, a super great day for him either. You know, he held his own, but, you know, did all he could against this high-powered offense. And, and disappointing, too, just to see the attendance at Rochester just didn't look really great either, uh, especially given the history that the city has. Uh, it's, you know, pretty disappointing. So not to start the Nighthawk faithful one. Yeah, and, you know, you talked about Craig Wendy a little bit. The Nighthawks were the only squad to bring three goalies um, onto their active roster. And we'll see. Wendy played well, like you said, held his own. We'll see what happens going forward if they go with Fryer next game. Um, or, or we'll see what who suits up for them uh, going forward. But you can't hold this one against Wendy. You know, the offense ju- just wasn't there. Uh, but the offense certainly was there for the, for the Swarm. The Thompson brothers uh, came up big with some highlight real goals that, that we tweeted out. So definitely a big game uh, for that Swarm offense. Yeah, no, no surprises there for the Swarm. Uh, let's go to a more competitive game this weekend, though, with uh, the Russian Mammoth. Um, this was a rematch of last season's quarterfinal matchup that, you know, ended up uh, with the Mammoth winning in overtime last year. Um, and this matchup did not disappoint. You know, both goalies played out of their minds with a crazy one-handed save from Dylan Ward yep. uh, late in the game. And then a game-winning save from Evan Kirk with the rush uh, with under two minutes to go as he denied Kyle Killen on the doorstep to preserve the rush's 9-8 win. Um, you know, like we said, goaltending tended to be the name of the game uh, this weekend. But what's out to you, Adam? Yeah, absolutely the goaltending. Uh, this is a team in the Mammoth, despite this loss. They're going to be a team to reckon with the, uh, this coming season. Uh, you know, they squeaked into the playoffs last year, but I expect them uh, to kind of come out blazing next week. Um, and, and get back into the winner's column. But great game by uh, a guy like Mark Matthews, who didn't light up the scoreboard when it came to goals, but had four assists on the day, was definitely um, contributing in that standpoint. Ryan Keenan had six on the day. And then, you know, Robert Church, too, was uh, the star of the game, too. Uh, you know, he had a hand in eight of the Saskatchewan's nine goals. So, uh, to yeah. me, too, he was also a difference maker. But, yeah, like you said, that rush offense really uh, put the pedal to the metal and then, you know, really helped out Evan Kirk on defense as well to, to pull out that gutsy 9-8 win. But, yeah, too, you know, the Mammoth looked good uh, on their side as well. I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever get sick of Brian Lee's diving goals from behind GLE. Yeah. I'm going to d- dub them the Denver Dives because whether he's wearing an Outlaws or a Mammoth uniform, uh, the man cannot be stopped around the cage. Um, so, you know, like you said, a good effort from the Mammoth. Um, but, you know, that this Rush team just looks looks like they're, they're going to get back to form. Obviously, they, they, they really... Were disappointed from that loss last year. They thought they could go all the way to the championship again, um, and you know they, the Mammoth kind of crushed those hopes. So I think they're they're poised again to come out on top and really make a run at that West Division. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then another team in the West that you know obviously had a lot of success is the Roughnecks. They're starting the season as defending champs. Um, so let's move to the second game on Friday night between the Warriors and the Roughnecks. Uh, Paul Bissonnette was in attendance as the Warriors ambassador in Vancouver continues to utilize him to his full potential. Uh, he fired a shot at Calgary captain Dane Doby before the game, making fun of his alleged beer gut. And uh, that must have lit a spark in, in Doby because him and the Roughnecks responded, and he had a hat trick in the game along with Tyler Pace. 
uh, the defending champs, they get the 12-7 win. Uh, what did you take away from this game, Adam? Del Bianco, Del Bianco, Del Bianco. 63 saves in a single game, only allowing seven goals. So 63 of 70 shots. Um, glad I picked him in week one for fantasy pick him. Um, but he, he's just absurd. He's basically already solidified himself um, prior to this as the best goalie in the league. Um, and after week one, how can you not go with him in cage if you had to pick a goalie? Yeah, now he's you know establishing himself as the the top goalie in the NLL. I mean, obviously it's only week one, but you know just going off of that playoff run from last year, he hasn't missed a step. Um, and it was nice to see two guys like Marshall King in his NLL yeah. debut, you know, record a goal and an assist. Uh, his brother Jesse remains undefeated with the Roughnecks, having never lost a game since returning from an injury last year and leading that team to a Champions Cup. Um, so the Roughnecks, you know, they look like they're going to be another force to be reckoned with this year. Um, and then on the Vancouver side, I think the Warriors they looked a little complacent on offense, particularly the power play. Never really got things going until late in the fourth um, when they strung you know, a few meaningless goals together. Um, the roommates Logan Schuss and Mitch Jones did impress. Yeah. You know, Jones yeah. contributed on five of Vancouver's seven goals, but they're going to need a lot more help if this team is to go anywhere this year. I will say, you know, uh, despite the loss for the Warriors, I, I do think uh, they have a lot of positives to look at going forward. This team, when we when we talked to, to Logan a couple weeks ago, uh, he talked about the opportunities that they're, they have to bring in new guys. They're kind of transforming their team in, into something a little bit different. Uh, so in comparison to the, the new look Nighthawks, I think the Warriors have a lot to look forward to going forward. Yeah, no, definitely. I think they they look like a better squad. I mean, again, though, it's a tough West Division, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's a, it's a long season, and you know, and we're just getting started right now, so definitely an opportunity for them. And uh, you know, you mentioned Del Bianco's big day, uh, not only in cage for the game, but also in fantasy. So we're gonna take a quick break, but uh, after that, we will get into our fantasy lacrosse pick'em challenge, uh, week one, and we'll discuss uh, who we think is our locks for a big fantasy game come week two. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. So let's dive into our fantasy lacrosse segment. Uh, to start, let's first congratulate our winner, Lacrosse Analytics. Uh, he had a total of 49 points, um, and that actually included his bonus point that he was awarded for sharing his roster. Um, he actually wouldn't have won if he hadn't earned that bonus point. So it just shows how important it is to do those bonus challenges, whether it is you know sharing your roster on Instagram like it was this last week, or answering one of our bonus questions by listening to our podcast, uh, those points really do help you. Uh, so he wins with 49. Um, we actually 
were in contact with him prior to the start of the challenge. He's been putting out some videos on his lacrosse YouTube channel, uh, kind of talking about his analysis for making his picks. He did a whole spreadsheet of uh, guys' stats from last year and how it would translate into fantasy this year. Um, and that obviously helped him pick. So go ahead, check out his videos, uh, Lacrosse Analytics on YouTube. And, you know, maybe he can help you with your roster going forward. And now some top fantasy performers this week uh, included Christian Del Bianco, who had 14 points. He got the most points out of anybody. Uh, then Dylan Ward had 11.5 points, and Mike Poulin with 8.5 points, rounding out the goaltender position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we we talked off the pot a little bit about uh, the, these goalies may be the, the QB uh, of fantasy lacrosse with, when it comes to racking up those points, with I, I, which I obviously uh, don't mind, you know, getting some love to those goalies. Yeah, no, I, I think the point system definitely benefits them a little bit. It's important to have a good goaltender because, um, you know, if you, you didn't start any of those three guys, you're sitting more around the three or four point range um, other than, you know, Wendy. So, it's key to pick a, a good goaltender, and you know it's going to be key also just deciding uh, on the matchups that they face too. Because yeah. if you start a goaltender who's going up against a hot team, you, you know they, your fantasy team could suffer a little bit for that. Um, but let's yeah. go over to the, the forwards now. We had Robert Church led with nine point seven five points. Um, he obviously had a huge day for the rush, and then Mitch Jones, despite the loss, had nine and a half points, and then Lyle Thompson, no surprise, had eight eight points and had 8.25 points uh, for the Swarm. So those were the three big forwards that got a lot of fantasy points if you started those guys. And then in the t- defensive and transition slot, Jason Noble led with 6.25 points, followed by Zach Currier and Matt Beers with 5.75 points. So those were your big leaders in fantasy lacrosse this week. Um, that's kind of a good gauge of what the point system is going to like and what you're going to get out of all uh, these positions uh, going forward. So... Hopefully you guys take note from this week, and if you didn't have a good week this week, you can improve going forward. And if you, you had a good week, just keep doing what you're doing, and you know hopefully you can win that top prize of a lacrosse head each week and go for that grand prize of custom Epic Lacrosse gloves. But now that we're heading into week two, Adam, let's discuss who our Epic Lacrosse fantasy lock for this weekend is. So do you want to start off? Who do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy weekend going into week two? I'm going to have to go with Dane Smith, captain of the Buffalo Bandits. You know, the, the squad's coming off a uh, championship loss to Calgary last year, and I think that left uh, a bitter taste in their mouth. And he is a former MVP of the league, and I think he wants to prove that uh, he's capable of putting up those MVP numbers again. Uh, so I think at, the Bandits come out firing, and I'm going to go with, with Dane. All right, well, my epic lacrosse lock is going to actually be Kyle Buchanan. I think he's going to have a big day for the Seals. He was fourth in scoring for the Seals last year. I think he's going to have an increased role with the absence of Austin Stotts and Casey Jackson, who are injured right now. Um, you know, Hopefully those guys come back healthy quickly, but uh, I think Kyle Buchanan's going to have a big role in this Seals game against the Buffalo Bandits. Lock it down. All right, so those are our Epic Lacrosse Fantasy Locks of the Week. Um, now let's get into some PLL news, potential PLL news, I should say. On Saturday, we had Dave Franklin tweet out, quote, a source close to the Pinnell family confirms that Rob is leaving MLL for Premier Lacrosse and will be a member of the new PLL expansion team, unquote. Uh, Now, Dave Franklin's Twitter bio at the time listed him as an IMCLA reporter. Uh, It has since been changed to lacrosse announcer and reporter. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a credentialed source, but he doesn't necessarily have to be to break this kind of news. Um, So his report is that Rob Pinnell will be joining the PLL. Um, Obviously, we know that his contract with the Lizards 
is up this year. Uh, usually those contracts are up in February, so that's probably why we haven't heard an announcement just yet. We kind of expected it to come in the spring, um, but that's his report right now. Uh, you know, I am not shocked in the slightest that if this ends up being true, um, I do, you know, still want to take it with a grain of salt because it is coming from a source that's not traditionally known for breaking news. So that's just my disclaimer on this. But, uh, you know, we, we both kind of expected this to kind of be the move. We knew Rob's contract was up. Uh, we know he's a fierce competitor. And right now, PLL does have the best players in the world. He's friends with Paul Rabel. Uh, is another plus. So, again, not all too surprising with this. Uh, I don't know. What were your thoughts on this when you first saw this on Saturday, Adam? Yeah, I, I, it didn't surprise me. It did surprise me who it came from. Uh, I'm curious to know who that close source to the family is and, and how that came about in, in conversation at this point uh, in, in the year. But to be honest, it is uh, to be expected based off of Rob's relationships with, with Paul uh, and Mike Grable, like you said, and uh, conversations that he's had, and how he's spoken in interviews, to be honest with you. You know, his last interview uh, with the, the Lizards after uh, a, a good win for that squad to end the season was, was pretty short and to the point, and uh, he didn't really make any remarks when it came to the future of his um, career with the Lizards or, or with the PLL, obviously, but uh, he, he didn't really uh, hint that he was coming back, which kind of seemed to be writing on the wall. Yep, no, definitely. Uh, I gotta agree with that. And uh, like I said, it's not not all too surprising. I, I will say too, this tweet though, it, it's interesting. It's very vague. If you if you really look at it, I mean, anyone could have yeah, put yeah. that out there. I think this report is going to be proven true. So that's why I'm not gonna say like den- I'm not gonna deny it at all. I think it's probably accurate, but uh, you know, it, it, he is you know pretty vague with it, saying that a cl- source close to the Pinnell family confirms Rob is leaving the MLL. You know, for the PLL. I mean. You know, anybody could really put that out. So we will take this news with a grain of salt. We, again, expect it to happen. But um, a part of the tweet that I do question a little bit is whether he will be joining the PLL expansion team. And, you know, of course, we may hear what that name is going to be this week. Um, But I just don't see the PLL adding him to the PLL expansion roster automatically. Now, do I think he'll end up on that expansion team? Absolutely, because I think if he does join the league, He'll join that players draft that Paul mentioned that will follow the expansion draft. And more than likely, that expansion team will get the number one pick. And if you have the number one pick in that players pool draft, you're going to pick Rob Pinnell. You know, there's no one else that's going to be joining this players pool this year that you'd rather have than Rob Pinnell. So, again, I think he will be a member of that new PLO expansion team. But I don't necessarily think that it's a foregone conclusion that, that he will be announced as a member of that expansion team when he comes into the league. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting uh, what you say. I, I do think uh, at the end of the day we'll probably hear what, what that expansion team name is uh, before we hear that Rob makes the jump. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, it's expected that we, we could hear that as early as this week, um, and we hope we hear it, you know, that soon. I, I'm, you know, yeah. kind of ready for us to hear that, that news. That kind of wraps up this block of the show. Uh, we're ready to make our game picks coming up. Uh, But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. We are now have our game picks, and we are rebranding this segment as the pick and roll. And the reason we're calling it the pick and roll is not only are we going to make our picks, but we will also be choosing a player that will have the biggest role in his team's win. So we're going to add a little bit of, you know, some different flavors to it. Again, we'll just count wins and losses when it comes to our picks uh, competition, but added a little bit uh, more to it. You know, we're going to actually say which player we think is going to have a big role in this win. Um, but let's dive into these games, Adam. On Saturday, we have three games uh, for this weekend, and the first is the Halifax Thunderbirds' home debut against the New York Riptide. So my big question for you is, who do you pick in this game, and who's going to have the biggest role? Well, while both squads are technically considered uh, expansion franchises since Halifax in a new market, I don't really see them uh, as such, and they're, they're bringing back uh, a strong contingency of players that, that they brought with them uh, from Rochester, and I, I think... This is going to be a big W for them to start the season. And I'm going to go with Clark Peterson, uh, the rookie. I'm excited to see what he does. He fell to number five to to Halifax in the draft. I'm really excited to see uh, him kind of break loose in this indoor game, which is obviously his bread and butter. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, against a new Riptide squad. Yeah, no, I like that uh, Clark Peterson pick. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even, he didn't really cross my mind when I was making my pick, but uh, I definitely think he could, you know, make a splash in his uh, debut with the Halifax Thunderbirds, uh, and I'm going with Thunderbirds as well. Um, the guy I'm going to pick, though, to have the biggest role is actually Kyle Jackson. He was tied for scoring last year when the team was in Rochester, and he had a productive year uh, for the Cans this summer, so I think he's going to have the biggest role on Saturday, but um, regardless, you know, I'm with you, and I think the Thunderbirds are going to win pretty handily against this Riptide team. And following that game, we'll have the Black Wolves at the Rock. I'm going to take the Rock in this game, and I have Dan Dawson being the player who will have a key role in their win. Uh, the 37-year-old Ford had a productive year last year with the Seals, um, and I think he'll have a big day in his Toronto debut, and I think he'll benefit from you know already having some key offensive pieces around him, and I think you know he'll have a big day in his Toronto debut. But who are you picking between this Black Wolves and Rock game? You know, I'm going to have to go with the Rock as well in this one, but my, my pick to be a breakout actually is going to be on the Wolves. Uh, if that's crazy enough. And I'm going to kind of ride the rookie train, and I'm going to go with Andrew Q, the third overall pick. Um, you know, I think he had a, another fantastic uh, season uh, with in the outdoor game with the Bayhawks, and word out of training camp is he's looked on fire. Um, he's a stud pick. He was surprised that he dropped down to number three overall. Um, he was expected to go number one over to the Riptide, and I think they're super excited uh, at the opportunity to have him on the left side this season, and they're gonna have he's gonna have a really strong rookie campaign uh, if anyone does. So I'm really really excited to see uh, what Andrew has cooking this year. 
Interesting. I like that you uh, you picked The Rock to win, but you know Andrew Q to have the key role, and you know there's nothing wrong with that. Now we'll go to our final game of the weekend, which is the Seals at the Bandits. Um, Adam, I know you talked about Dane Smith being you know your fantasy lock. Are you going with the Bandits this week? Yep, absolutely. You know, like I said, Dane's hungry uh, to get back to that championship and have an awesome season, MVP caliber season. And I think the same can be said for the rest of his teammates uh, in Bandit Land. Uh, they're coming out at home, uh, one of the toughest places to play in the entire NLL. And you also have the Seals uh, coming cross country uh, for this competition. So I'm going to go with Bandits in this one. All right, I'm going to actually go with the Seals. I actually think Westberg is going to be my key role. Uh, in this offense because he's coming off a championship winning season with the Roughnecks where they actually you know defeated the Bandits in that final and he had a solid summer with the Redwoods um, so I'm expecting big things out of his debut and I think you know whether he's top of the score sheet or more of a facilitator in this game I think he's going to have the biggest role for this Seals offense if they're going to get this win uh, in Banditland. So that concludes our pick and roll segment and our game picks. I went 3-0 and uh, this first weekend. Adam unfortunately you went one and two. Um, I can't fault you for the mammoth pick. You know, it's we knew that one was going to be a close game, but uh, don't know what you're thinking picking against the swarm. So you're off to a rough start. You know, but again, it's it's a long season. Yeah, you know, I honestly thought the the, the crowd would have a bigger impact in Rochester, and they they unfortunately didn't come home, come through for me. But uh, I expect the Rochester to. Uh, have a better uh, turnout on the on the field going forward, but uh, it was maybe not the best pick for week one for me. Yeah, no, but again, like I said, a long season. Um, we're looking forward to you know our, our friendly competition. I gotta get I gotta get the win this NLL season since you beat me in the field across season. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we'll go with the championship hangover as the reason I started so rough. All right, all right, whatever you whatever you say. Um, but that concludes most of our podcast. Let's tease a little bit of what's coming this week and in the future. Uh, later this week, we're going to release our interview with Jake Fox of the New York Riptide. Um, and then we'll also be talking with Carly Fleischer, uh, who owns Kicks by Carly that specializes in customized lacrosse gear. Uh, Carly, as many may know, she's designed gloves and cleats for brands like Epic Lacrosse and athletes like Jules Henningberg, Jared Newman, and Greg Renly. And, um, you know, with some more high-profile clients on the way. So we'll be interviewing her as well as releasing an article kind of on her story and how she became, you know, Kicks by Carly. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. And a reminder to sign up for Fantasy Lacrosse. Uh, along with Epic, we will be giving away weekly prizes, which is a lacrosse head, uh, which is an Epic lacrosse head. Um, and then you could also win the customized lacrosse gloves uh, as the grand prize, you know, depending on how you do over the season. So make sure you sign up. Give yourself the best possible chance to win that grand prize. But uh, that brings our podcast to overtime. Any parting thoughts, Adam? Yeah, you know, it was an awesome week one um, for the NLL. And I'm really excited for week two, obviously, as well. We'll, we'll have uh, the debut of the Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, you know, they sold out an inter-squad scrimmage of 10,000 seats a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I think they're going to have a huge turnout come, come their first uh, home their first home game this coming weekend, so I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing what that squad has to offer and what those fan when those fans fill the seats. Yeah, no, we're both looking forward to some Nova Scotia pro lacrosse, um, yeah. but I'm I'm also looking forward to learning what the name of the seventh PLL team is going to be. Hopefully this week, you know, I'm done speculating. Give us the name. I, I want to hear it. So you've made enough logos. Yeah, I made, I made. You're right. I made enough logos. You know, I threw them out there. Um, and I, now the ball's in the PLL's court, and you know I'm, I'm excited whatever they end up choosing. So 
Uh, that wraps up our podcast. Uh, that's episode 44. Thank you guys all for listening. Uh, please subscribe. Consider leaving us a review. And we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.